Good morning and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by GitGo Cafe and Market, where as always, they've got the fresh food option, fresh drinks. You can get curbside pickup available for you there. You can also, if you do DoorDash, they deliver that there too. So get yourself some GitGo Cafe and Market. A lot of great sandwiches, tater tots, jalapeno poppers, so many things on their menu. Tom, how you doing, my man? Uh, very good, Chris, and yourself? Doing great, doing great. Um, of course, the top topic to talk about this morning is the Super Bowl. It's over. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are your Super Bowl champions, which means Tom Brady has won his seventh Super Bowl ring. In the history of the NFL, it's never been done. And um, I know there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh that aren't happy about it, uh, and, and for other reasons as well. Um, and, but Tom was so amazing about this game. It wasn't even Tom Brady. It was the fact that the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown. What the heck was that? I get that their offensive line was beat up and that Tampa Bay had a tough line, and I said that that was the main way that Tampa Bay could win this game, but I thought that would make it close, not a blowout. Yeah, yeah, without question. I, I think uh, Brady ended up being the team MVP. Uh, I think three three touchdowns, two or three touchdowns in the first half, 80% completion percentage, but really the over uh, the overarching story here really was – Tampa's defense and just my goodness did they get after Patrick Mahomes the whole game uh just just a terrific all-around effort I, I mean you, they ran the ball the Fournette was, has was a great pickup they, they've had so many great pickups uh, starting with obviously Tom Brady Gronkowski they couldn't stop him uh and that defense oh my goodness did they get after Patrick Mahomes I mean he was I've never seen a quarterback run 15 20 yards back so many times in a game as Mahomes had to today. And this game just really wasn't very close for, for most of the game. It was kind of a uh, – it was clear that Tampa had the upper hand and there there was never – you just kept kind of waiting, right, Chris? You kept waiting for some drama. Like, certainly yeah. Mahomes is going to come out this drive, lead him down the field and get a touchdown. But when they got close, they settled for field goals, and you just can't – you can't win in this league just kicking field goals. No, you can't. And, um, I mean, the Buccaneers came out. You had – and Dominican Sue had a sack and a half. Shaquille Barrett had a sack. Um, th- they got after him. Uh, it was it was really rough. Uh, four quarterback hits for Shaquille Barrett in this game. Uh, he he made his his he made his presence felt. It, it's just astounding to me. I know people are going to point to Tom Brady and all that. The story for me is Todd Bowles' defense. I mean, even and even when even when Patrick Mahomes had the time in the pocket, there weren't too many people open. And this was one thing I talked about on the Paul Zeiss show at the end of the week last week was I'm interested to see how Devin White and Levante David match up with Travis Kelsey over the middle. If they can neutralize him, it can allow the rest of the secondary to say, we're going to take away Tyree Kill and you got to beat us with Miko Hardman and, and 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 Brandon Pringle and all these other guys that we don't care about. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, yes, Travis Kelsey finished with 10 catches for 133 yards, yeah. but they were all kind of like, we'll, we'll let you have those ones. Yeah, and second half he had some 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 kind of seam plays where by then they're just they're just not they just don't want to give a quick score. And Devin White was terrific, right? I mean he he could have been the MVP. Twelve and, tackles and, and, and an interception. Yeah, I mean he was he was outstanding. And again, just a total total team effort uh, uh, today. Kind of uh, I, this this is taking a little bit away from from Tom Brady, but. You know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of when Denver won the last Super Bowl with uh, yeah, with, with Manning as quarterback. Now, Peyton Manning wasn't very good in that game. Tom Brady no. was good today, but it did mm-hmm. remind me of just that. You just 
dominance, the def- defensive dominance. You know, Seattle when they won their Super Bowl, just defensively dominant, and and they again, like you said, you just don't expect that to happen to Patrick Mahomes. I picked I picked Kansas City. I knew those the you know those the offensive linemen with Casey were out, but I still thought he'd find a way. And I give the kid credit. I mean, he was under incredible harassment the entire game and he made some incredible throws that probably should have been caught uh where he was just get almost on the pro, uh getting sacked i'm but i'm going to be interested to see you know i don't know how you felt but it just you just this just felt like kansas city was going to be in the next five six super bowls although we know that you know teams sometimes things happen. teams have to take a step back and everything but boy i the one thing i will say after coming out of this watching this game is Kansas City's defense they've gotten away with just kind of having a so-so defense all year it's basically been Mahomes in the passing game right yeah. uh, and, and if you can stop that you got a very you know if you and again if you can stop that right not many people can hold them to not getting them a touchdown but uh, you see that that they are kind of two or three four guys uh, and they just they can run the ball a little bit, but not a ton. And defensively, they're not going to scare anybody. I mean, look, the Browns, they gave them a, a good game. Now, now Mahomes hurt for the third half, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter, but they still gave him a pretty good game. Um, so it might be a little early to say how, if we're going to crown these guys as the AFC dynasty for the next seven, eight years. Uh, I think they, they've got some things they've got to fix, but without question, uh, uh, just a terrific all-around effort from Tampa. Well, Tom, if you want to crown him, then crown him. <laughs> I'm not crowning him. Like I said, I, I just uh, – uh, Sorry, yeah. I had to get my Denny Green in. I, yeah, you're you're fine. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> But, yeah, it's, uh, it's again, just a terrific and, – and, and, again, Brady was – I know people in Pittsburgh are tired of hearing about it. But then, then, of course, it didn't help at the end. They showed the graphic at the end. He's <laughs> won more Super Bowls by himself <laughs> now than the Steelers and the Patriots. So. <laughs> I guess you uh, you allow him to uh, to uh, enjoy his his evening and 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 I mean I mean how many guys come in one year right one yep. year and it's just, not like he had to wait two or three years first year wins yep. the title. So we specifically in talking about that Super Bowl skipped over a very important name in Pittsburgh, and that's Antonio Brown, and we did that intentionally because we wanted to talk to you all about that in this segment because Antonio Brown yes he. Didn't do a whole lot as far as catches wise. I mean, he 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 did have five catches, but granted for twenty two yards. But he caught a touchdown and an important touchdown because after the Chiefs didn't get a touchdown at the end of the first half with a minute and a second to go, Tom Brady works the ball down the field. Granted, some questionable calls that got him there, but works the ball down the field and gets down to into the red zone. And Antonio Brown catches a pass in traffic uh, with six seconds left. That if he doesn't catch, it's maybe 17 to 6, and you're thinking that that's a very manageable score. But instead, he catches a touchdown. It's 21 to 6 at the half. And that gives the Patriots, or the Patriots, geez, look at me, the Buccaneers the space that they that they need in this game. Um, and uh, Antonio Brown, it's crazy to think not too long ago, Tom, this dude was throwing gummies at police officers on Instagram Live and broadcasting every stupid thing he did. He looked like he was just a self-combusting, uh, you know, spontaneously combusting individual who was eventually going to hurt himself, and that's what I was saying. I'm scared this man's going to hurt himself. Now he's a Super Bowl champion who's caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. 
regardless of what you th- what you think about him, uh, he had an impact tonight, and that was a big touchdown, as you said. Uh, actually, if you think about it, Chris, very similar to last week um, or two weeks ago when when Tampa beat Green Bay, right at the end of the half. Green Bay ends up settling for a field goal where they probably, you know, they probably needed to go get a touchdown. And then Tom Brady leads them right back. And yeah, last last play there, uh, Brown, uh, A.B., uh, makes a critical catch. And and um, really one of, and I think we're going to talk about this, a lot of uh, Pittsburgh-Tampa connections, right? Um, Huge. Starting with, you know, go ahead, Bruce, Bruce, let's start with Bruce Arians. I mean, Bruce Arians at 68 years old winning his first uh, his first Super Bowl as a head coach. Uh, that's huge for him. And um, and and it's crazy because, you know, he had he, he went he took over this team and all the things that happened with it. You get Tom Brady and he makes it work. Um, but on top of him, the people that he hired under, first of all, in Black History Month, he had a ton of black coaches on his roster. Specifically well, the his two offensive, offensive coordinator and coordinators. defensive coordinator. But, but yeah, exactly. both coordinators. Both um, coordinators and several position coaches. Um, Byron Lefwich, offensive coordinator, looking really good this year uh, and making a case for maybe he needs to get some head coaching calls soon. Uh, he's 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 a former Steeler, of course. Uh, Antoine Randallel and Larry Foote, two former Steelers on the coaching staff as position coaches. And then still on the roster, Ross Cockrell is going to get a Super Bowl ring, a former Steeler. Mm-hmm. Steve McClendon, another former Steeler, the guy that was that kind of took over the torch from Casey Hampton at defensive tackle back in the early 2010s. And um, and like we said, Antonio Brown, um, it, it's crazy when, when you look at how many former Steelers are on were, were on this roster tonight that won a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, and and uh, you know one of the one of the things you can say about this, and we we mentioned this just in the last segment. Again, Brady comes in and wins the Super Bowl. Th- those type of things can go wrong sometimes, though, and yep. we've seen it in different sports where s- mega stars at the end of their careers they get them together, right? I mean, Gronk, everyone's kind of coming in, and it can mm-hmm. go wrong. It can go really wrong. We've seen it in the NBA multiple times where all these aging stars kind of come together and it just doesn't work. So again, hats off to the former offensive coordinator, Bruce Arians, uh, Byron Leftwich, all those guys foot and, you know, AB, they made it work. It, it didn't, it wasn't pretty early in the year. There were some struggles, but they made it work. And those guys are going to be their Super Bowl champions. And we'll see what's going to happen with Bruce Arians now, uh, whether he decides to, to, to come back another year or hand off the reins to to some you know one of his coordinators uh you would think Todd Bowles who's been a former head coach might be in line for it if if he decides to go that way we're as we're recording this on Sunday night so just to tell our people we, we don't exactly know what's going to happen for sure but yeah it's a big day for those former Steelers so not to be forgotten Tom we do have to talk about the Hall of Fame because yeah. two Steelers made it into the hall of fame we we were pretty sure about bill nunn um and, and like we talked about last week tom dale, t- dale we told me we- D- dale told me this time last year when polamalu and cower and shell were getting in he told me he was like chris i feel like Allen's a shoe in next year and here we are alan fanica and bill nunn we have five Steelers who are going to have enshrinements in this upcoming year yeah, it's crazy. It it really is. It's 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 going to be black and gold in Canton, Ohio. You know the Steelers are going to be playing in that game. I think they were scheduled to play in it last year. I think right. Mm-hmm. I think they were supposed to play the Cowboys. 
Yes, you'd have to think the you'd have to think the Steelers are definitely coming back to play in that game. Yeah, it's it's a great uh, for for Pittsburgh. You know, Alan Fanek has waited a six seven years. He gets in. Uh, and Bill Nunn, and we, we've talked about Bill Nunn, and just I think a, a lot of people a lot of people are really happy for Bill Nunn, the family, uh, Linnell, yes. uh, his his daughter. Uh, you know, you know, I will say something in working on a story about him. I had no idea his son was so talented as an actor and was really Radio you didn't Raheem. know he was Radio Raheem. I didn't. I loved oh, I loved Do the Right. Oh, yes. I love that movie. And that was like when I was researching this, I'm like, oh, my God, Radio Raheem. So yes. and I actually talked to Linnell about that. I Get like, out like of here. I had to talk to Linnell about Radio Raheem, but but <laughs> but back to to Bill Nunn, uh, the builder and the and the, and the the super Scott. It's it it was it's wonderful, and I and I talked to John Stallworth a couple days ago for a story we were doing on Allen, but but we got into, into talking about Bill Nunn and just how much respect he had for Bill Nunn and all of the stuff that Bill Nunn did behind the scenes for these players as well, not just. You know, scouting and bringing him here, but but kind of you know helping them out, mentoring them along, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's so deserving. And I gotta say, you know what? Between you and I, we did a pretty good job of getting almost the entire field right. At least we mentioned them. I went yeah. back and listened to us. I mentioned John Lynch at the end. I thought yeah. John Lynch might have a chance to get in. You were all over Calvin Johnson and mm-hmm. Charles and Woodson. Charles. Yep. Uh, but but really, yeah, it's it, it's it's great to see and Alan Fanica again. Uh, it's hard for guards. I mean, people always talk about oh, you know, and everyone sees about this their their favorite teams, their favorite players. Why isn't this guy getting in? Why isn't that guy getting? In? It's hard for guards to get in, and it's you know, and Alan deserves it. Four holding calls. The 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 most incredible stat in all of this stuff. How do you go through two hundred and six games, two hundred one starts, and have four and holding four calls holding. as a guard? That is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that Alan Fanica represents that a lot of people don't talk about enough is he went from the late 90s Cowher Steelers all yeah. the way to the to the start to the first season of Mike Tomlin. He oversaw he, he was he was part of the change in the team that when they were losing records and they couldn't find anything, find any answers. And then they figured out a little bit with Cordell and then they didn't know what they were doing with Tommy Maddox. And then Ben Roethlisberger comes in and they're, they're competing and they're, and they're doing work. He was part of all of that. And he was just such, such a, just a, a, a stellar part of that team that I don't think gets enough credit, especially, you know, everyone talks about the, the, the 75 yard touchdown from Willie Parker and the block yeah. that David DeCastro had in that role, but just, you need guys who are an anchor in the middle of your team who just, you know, he's the rock. Everyone knows that he's consistent all the time. And that's what Alan Fanica was. And it's, it's funny that I think that David DeCastro took his number and plays the same position because sometimes I feel like David DeCastro is carrying on a legacy of that. And I don't think he's as great as, as Alan Fanica was, um, but right. Fanica deserved this. And you're absolutely right. Bill Nunn on top of finding the Steelers. I mean, if, if it wasn't for him, they, maybe they don't draft Mel Blunt. Donnie Shell, John oh, Stall, yeah, right. Ernie Holmes, Elsie Greenwood. I mean, just star yeah. upon star upon star of those 70 Steelers. And not only does that stop the Steelers from winning, but who knows what happens with athletes that went to historically black colleges and universities absolutely. at that time. Do, do they ever well, get discovered? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what else, Chris? It's, 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 it's guys like... It's guys like Bill Nunn that also now, because of how he does 
uh, in his kind of front office scouting role, it allows other African Americans, people of color, to get into that. That you know, if if he does not do well in in that job, and in, in that job, maybe others have to wait even longer yep. uh, to get kind of get front office types. You know, and again, he was. Everyone talks about him as a super scout, but but man, he had the Rooney's ear, right? I mean, he was a decision maker in, in that organization, and that paved the way. He was such a trailblazer on multiple levels, and uh, it's it's good to see that getting recognized. And in, in, in talking with it, in talking with uh, Jim Trotter uh, from NFL Network, uh, terrific reporter for NFL Network. I think he's worked at SI and stuff. We were talking uh, again for the story on none, but he he was saying it's it's important. When, 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 when people of color go into the Hall of Fame, and maybe they're not athletes, right? Maybe they, maybe they love football, and they would love to be involved in football somehow. It's important for them to go in there and see people like Bill Nunn, like that's something I could do, right? I could maybe be a scout. I'm, I'm not a football player, but I really want to be part of football. And they're just before Bill Nunn, Nunn, there just has not been now that 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 person you can look up to and someone can point to in the Hall of Fame and say, this guy was unbelievable at what he did. And just again, it just I can't say it enough. What a great story that is for for the Steelers, for the city of Pittsburgh. Of course, he's from Pittsburgh. Uh, Just just I'm glad we did this segment on, on the Hall of Famers. 